In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Matthew 5, 17 to 26. That's our text, the Gospel reading. So you can keep that in front of you. We're going to walk through it. We're going to see what does Jesus Jesus say to us? What does Jesus mean here? He says, don't think that I've come to abolish the law and the prophets. Don't think. Now, if somebody tells you that, if somebody says to you, don't think, what are they, of course, implying? That you're going to think that. That's why somebody says that. They say don't think because they know you're going to think that. So don't think. In other words, I know you guys are going to think that I've come to abolish the law and the prophets, to get rid of it, but I haven't. Don't think that. Okay? This is one of the games that we try to play with God. We think, oh, He sent Jesus so that we don't have to care about the rules anymore. No more commandments. No more rules. We're going to see we play a lot of games like this. But the whole issue that Jesus is getting at here is our hearts. That's the whole issue here. As we're going to see in, in His words. God sees how dirty and sinful our hearts are. Now, the Ten Commandments, we can't get rid of them because they show that. They are a mirror. We hold them up and we see just how sick and dying our heart really is. And the sad thing is, is that we, as sinners, we would try to fool God about that. Why? You're not going to fool God. He sees how your heart is. Okay? You can't hide it from Him. The only way to deal with it, to really deal with that sinful heart, is for Jesus to come in and work in our hearts. That's it. Okay? You're not going to fool God. And I say it again because it's kind of pretty important. Okay? Did you hear all those commandments this morning? You're not going to fool God. He sees your heart. I was caught cheating on a math test when I was a freshman in high school. Can you believe that? A pastor, a future pastor. I'm ashamed to say it, and it was sinful. Very sinful. Now, thank God, I can tell you this because I'm united with Christ. And He's forgiven me. He never cheated on any tests, thankfully. He passed everything faithfully for me. And I have new life in Him, so I can tell you about this. I didn't fully know that then when I was a freshman in high school. Instead, when I cheated on my math test, my solution was I was going to try and fool others about what really happened. I'm sure none of you have ever done that, right? There was an 8th grader who was very smart, and so they were sending him to the high school. This geometry class was first period. Okay? So there was an eighth grader that was being bused to the high school so he could come and take geometry because the, he was past all the other classes. Okay? So I have to tell you, he and I were pretty good at geometry. Okay? And uh, we also had a teacher, an elderly teacher, a wonderful woman, who... Uh, really never saw what was going on in the room. So, during one test, we were quite simply and shamefully and sinfully discussing the problems with one another while the test was going on. Well, she caught this one. We were told the next morning we'd meet with the superintendent. Come meet with him in his office before school. Now, all night I schemed. 
how I was going to fool this godly man. And I was going to tell him this, and I was going to tell him that, and make it look like really we hadn't done anything wrong. But praise God that my younger and wiser friend, the eighth grader, was not so foolish. When we met in the morning outside of the superintendent's office, I said something along the lines of, we got to talk about what are we going to say? And he said, nothing. We're just going to tell the truth. Praise God, right? That's what we did. Anything else, and the superintendent, of course, how many times do you think he's dealt with kids like this? He would have seen right through to our hearts if we'd have done anything else. God just isn't fooled by us. Oh, how about this for an example? Are you fooled by our government leaders in office these days? What a show they put on. This last week, once again, there's protesting at the Supreme Court because of the overturn of Roe versus Wade, because we finally fixed this idea that our Constitution guarantees us a right to kill our babies. We fixed it. Now, we see right through these protests. All they want, and, and you can go read the stories, all they want is a picture of them to be blasted all over the internet, being arrested so that they can appear like a Martin Luther King Jr. or a Rosa Parks. And the reason I'm telling you this is this week, to especially make the foolishness complete, when two of the politicians were arrested, they put their hands behind their backs like they were handcuffed. And they weren't even handcuffed. But it made for a really good picture. Now, to be fair, it's very possible that I've misjudged them, and maybe they were only putting their hands behind their back for no certain reason. But it's just an example of the foolish games that our leaders play. And Americans see through it. We do. This last month, I was so thankful that many of you told me, or well, not last month, it was even probably more than a month ago, when we were having the primary elections for our governor and so forth, how foolishness these, fl these flyers were, how ridiculous they were. He said this, she said that, and of course, we're not fooled. We see their hearts. Now, if we can see that, the same is absolutely and more true for you with God. You are not going to fool Him. Don't think I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I haven't come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. What a sweet word that is. It's one of my favorite words in the Greek, fulfill. It's fill, you know, in English, of course, it's fill it up to the full. Jesus is not going to play games with you. He comes to fulfill the law, to fill you up to the full with His own righteousness, His forgiveness, and His life since you're full of sin and death yourself. Don't try to fool God. Hey, don't play games with God. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull in a bit of our Romans 6 now, okay, our, our, our epistle reading, to kind of complete this picture. Then we'll go back to Matthew 5. Let's say you go to the doctor, which in this case is Jesus, the great physician. Okay? And uh, you get asked, you know, when you go to the doctor, you get asked the 20 questions. It always happens. Um, so, you know, anybody in your family have diabetes? You know, what's your family history? What medicines are you asked taking? All this stuff, okay? But Jesus asks you, have you been worrying at all this week? Um, how many times are you praying a week? 
How have you looked at anyone in a sexual way that isn't your wife or your husband? Have you called anyone a name? How many times a week have you called someone a name? Have you been experiencing any anger? How many times a day have you thought about money? Okay? And we might try to play like we do with our doctors. We might try to play games with Jesus and kind of hide some of the stuff, right? Oh no, doctor, I, I haven't done any of those things. I'm I've tip-top shape, feel quite healthy. Then Jesus says, okay, all right, well, let's, I just need to do a little test, a little scan. I'm going to order a scan here for you. Make sure everything's okay. A scan of your heart. I've got this machine, the Commando 10. Okay? And we'll just slide you through that machine. We'll get a printout. What's all going on in your heart? So he scans your heart. And what shows? Jesus says, well, I'm really sorry to give you this news, but you don't have long to live at all. Your heart is in really bad shape. But doctor, what can I do? What am I going to do about this? Nothing, he says. You're going to die. The wages of sin is death. Nothing you can do about it. However, Jesus says, I have an answer for you. I have this magical, supernatural medicine. This supernatural water called holy baptism. And Jesus says, I myself have been through this water. I've made it holy. And if I put this water on you, then you will die with me. And then you will come back to life with me and I will live in you and you will never die again. Don't think Jesus has come to abolish the law or the prophets. He hasn't come to play games. He's come to fulfill them and to fill you up with Himself in holy baptism so that, as He says, His own words, so that all is accomplished as it should be. Now then, I'm going to summarize the rest of Matthew 5. Jesus points out two ways that you and I try to play games. Rather than just, doctor, I'm sick, I need help. Rather than that, we try to play, play games with God. So the first way Jesus brings up is we pretend that he came to abolish the law, verse 19, so we relax the commandments and we teach others to do the same. This is one of our classic games. Okay, God didn't really mean... Okay? We'll just get rid of these laws, really relax them so that we can, you know, be ourselves, do what we want to do, be happy, have fun, all this. Okay? So, I mean, it's very simple. Get rid of the third commandment. Remember the Sabbath day. Well, yeah, Jesus would like you to go to church, but he's not all that serious about it. If you want to worship him somewhere else on Sunday morning, it's okay. Or the second commandment. Yeah, Jesus you know, about keeping God's name. He really, yeah, he doesn't really care if you curse or swear because he wants you to keep it real. He doesn't want you to be a, you know, act like you're better than other people. And don't think I'm kidding about that because it's not hard to find Christian, well, Christian sermons online where the pastors are swearing all through the sermon. Get rid of the commandment about gossiping. Jesus, of course, he, you know, he wants you to talk about others and, you know, care about them and so forth as we, as we sometimes style it. 
get rid of the sixth commandment about marriage because as long as two people love each other, nothing else really matters. Get rid of the fifth commandment about not murdering because we need to be able to abort our babies and assist our elderly to take their lives. But what does Jesus actually say? Truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. God's not fooled, guys. He's not fooled. He sees into our hearts. The second way Jesus says we play games with God is by being Pharisees, basically. Pretending that God only wants us to look good on the outside. Well, as long as others see me as basically good, as long as I'm better than most other people, then God will be okay with us. But Jesus says, unless you have a righteousness that's better than the Pharisees and scribes, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. So, of course... If you think to yourself, as you, you guys know this, you've heard Jesus say this many times. If you think to yourself, well, I haven't murdered anyone, so I'm good, then Jesus says, God's not fooled by you. God's not fooled. How many times have you been angry with somebody this week? Why were you angry with them? Were you justified in being angry with them? How many times have you insulted someone, talked about them behind their backs, called them names behind their backs? How many times have you called someone a hurtful name, right? And Jesus said, you fool. How many times have you said rude words to someone, yelled at them, given them the silent treatment, been spiteful to them at every turn? You're liable to the hell of fire, Jesus says. There is no playing games here, guys. There's no playing games. He's not fooled by a freshman in high school who cheats on his math tests. He's not fooled by politicians who grandstand and virtue signal. And guess what? He's not fooled by you. He sees your heart. So what does God want from you? Well, let me remind you of that wonderful time, Pentecost Day. Peter gives a rousing sermon, just as Jesus gave us here. And he show, Peter shows them God was not fooled by them. They were dirty, they were sinful, and they were cut to the heart. And they said, well, what do we do? Brothers, what do we do? No more games, God. You know our hearts. What do we do? And what was Peter's answer? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. There's your answer. Don't play games. Repent. Tell the truth to God. He knows it anyway, so you might as well come out with it. Tell him what's hiding in your heart. Verse 24 and 25 of our text, Jesus is talking about being reconciled and coming to terms quickly with our brother. Well, how much more so with God Himself? Be reconciled to God. Repent. Come to terms with Him in Jesus Christ. And then live in Him. Okay, instead of trying to fool Him, trying to play games, instead of trying to get around His law, be united with Jesus. Walk in the new life you have in baptism. That's the only answer to our hearts. It's the only answer. Everything else is just playing games. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus.